This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio and I'm James Whitmore. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where this show is being broadcast from, the Rwandri people of the Kulin Nations, as well as the custodians of sea country around Australia and all the people who are fighting to keep the seas healthy. This week, I'm catching up with what's happening on the Great Southern Reef. I'll be right back after this. Wildlife Victoria is a non-profit wildlife emergency response service dedicated to helping wildlife in need across Victoria. Our volunteers rescue and rehabilitate sick, injured and orphaned wildlife. If you see wildlife that may need our help, on the road, in your backyard or in the bush, please contact us immediately on 84007300. That's 84007300. To donate or to become a volunteer, visit wildlifevictoria.org.au. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio. The Great Southern Reef is the reef on our doorstep, a huge network of kelp forests and oyster reefs that stretches from southern New South Wales to Western Australia. It's home to some of Australia's most remarkable marine life, such as sea dragons. The Great Southern Reef Foundation is raising awareness about this unique and special place and the threats it faces. Recently, Stefan Andrews from the foundation journeyed to WA to talk to local communities about the reef and what it means to them. I spoke to Stefan earlier in the week, and apologies, I had a rather hoarse voice at the time. Hi, Stefan. Thanks for coming on Out of the Blue again. You've had a very busy couple of weeks. Where have you been and what have you been doing? Hi, James. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, the last couple of weeks I've been driving over to Western Australia and back here to South Australia on a filming trip to... Uh, I thought I'd do something a little bit different this time and go over and conduct all this, all the filming, editing and present a short film to the local communities in the southwest all within a week. And so the reason why I wanted to do this is so when... I engaged with those communities. What I presented was some really like fresh content and the perspectives of super local personalities to be able to reflect on the significance of their local oceans, kelp forests, their connection to it. And also I like to challenge myself. So it was great to be able to put the pressure on to get the editing done and yeah, manage to pull it off and got a pretty awesome turnout actually at the two places that we did these community workshops in Hopetown and also Esperance. Mm. Making a film in a week must have a few challenges. Can you, how do you go about it? Yeah. So it was only like a 15 minute long film and I say only, but it's still, that's, it's, it's quite a lot of work. And the first step was making sure that everything was all planned out. Obviously, being in the middle of the summer to making sure I knew exactly where I was going to be, having accommodations booked because that area is like notoriously hard to find accommodation if you don't actually have a plan uh, this time of the year. And yeah, thinking about exactly who I want to have wanted to have included in the film because if you're not careful, it'd be very easy just to interview all of these people and have so many voices. That's when it gets complicated. So it was about being a little bit selective and 
trying to have a diverse representation of voices. And part of the motivation of the film, it was a collaboration with Save Our Marine Life Alliance. And they have been working a lot with the communities in that area to help inform them about a new marine park that's going in. And part of this film's purpose was, yeah, just to showcase those different people's perspectives from, from different user groups of those, of those waters. And so I interviewed a ex-Avalone diver, a, a great uh, character called Mark Payne, who, um, yeah, he's just, just great in front of camera. He took me out for a dive on his rebreather out of Woody Island, out from Esperance. We um, also, I also interviewed a spear fisher who's also an abalone farmer in Bremer Bay, Jake Poe. And, yeah, he had this really unique perspective on, on living in Bremer, having this sustainable seafood aquaculture industry there, but also his connection to the ocean connect and uh, you know getting a feed out of the ocean and, and getting a selective feed but also being support of being in support of you know marine parks and management of these waters too um then another bit of a local legend Craig Liebens he's a sea dragon guru he's been diving those waters for a couple of decades documenting the sea dragon populations and just just loves those animals so much and takes people out almost every day to try and find them. And yeah, he's just got such extensive knowledge, not only of the dragons, but also of like when you're in the water that often, you see the seasonal flux and changes that happen on that annual basis of the water, which is really cool to, to ask him about. So we had a good chat. Um, then also there's a guy in in Hopetown, who's an emerging and and pretty talented surf photographer. He's a he's a young guy, Jarvis Smallman. Uh, really inspiring to spend some time with him and his brother. Took me out sunrise to surf some of their local waters, and yeah, just what I really enjoyed about that is getting up at four a.m to to get the best light for it wasn't a problem it was like a priority like yeah let's do this let's get it done and one common theme that weaves through all of the people that I spent time with was the that that mental health benefit from spending time in the water um as Jake might have said it's like a bit of a reset every time you go in um you just the um, Jarvis just saying like, you know, you feel heaps better after you've just been in the water. And it's, it's something that anyone like yourself, like that's spent time in the water, that's a diver, surf, whatever, you do get that feeling when you've just been in the water. And particularly if they're sort of pristine, clean waters and there's not many people around to it, just enhances that feeling. That's awesome. Sound like a great bunch of characters. Can you tell us a bit about the significance of the environment and the location? Why Esperance and Hope Town? And you mentioned this new marine park. Yeah, I've been wanting to get back there for quite some time. It was actually over five years ago that I first crossed the Nullarbor in the car and conducted a whole bunch of interviews for the Great Southern Reef Foundation's initial project to create school resources about the Great Southern Reef. And yeah, on, on that first one, it was about just meeting people, building the contacts. And a lot of the time you could just quickly catch someone for that interview, but it wasn't enough to really spend the time with them. But 
but this time knowing that I was going to be able to spend a full day with with each of the people was yeah really what I wanted to do and particularly getting in the water because um out of the whole great southern reef it's one area that it's 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 super hard to get to it's just like super remote um obviously takes a couple of days to drive over there from adelaide um over a basically a full day if you're driving from perth and the water's out down there like often you can get some really really clear water you've got those characteristic kelp forests that you've got right across the great southern reef some familiar species like some fish that you you're used to seeing and like blue gropers maybe a bullfish and um yeah of course the sea dragons which we spent some time with but then what's kind of cool about that spot with the lewin current pushing warm water around uh, cape lewin there and um getting more of that those tropical influence of species you've actually got corals right next to your your golden kelp in relatively shallow water too so that is um yeah helped build my footage collection of that messaging around some of the tropicalization that we are seeing of kelp forests more further up on the the west coast and even on the east coast but it's yeah just like because of the remoteness you do get um generally like quite high abundances of fish life and it's yeah the seaweed diversity i was incredibly impressed with as well and so it was great to be able to just not only get content for the film but also build the stock footage collection of imagery that we've got from from that region as well and yeah it was um yeah really valuable in that sense too Mm. what was it like screening the film in the community where you filmed it it was really rewarding to be able to not only present this this film that I just made, but also spent a day, uh, also spent an hour on the beach with local, um, you know, young students that were keen to learn a little bit more about their marine life. And we did like a marine science field trip. So we had about 30 students sign up and we wandered along the beach and because there's so much seaweed so much marine life and um in those waters there was quite a lot that we could look at and talk about on the beach anything from quite a lot of that golden kelp and talking about the whole fast there was like urchins abalone shells uh you know the list goes on and it was great to be able to like engage with those young people during the day and then in the evening show the film and then just jump straight into a bit of a presentation that I had about the Great Southern Reef and how, and I guess it was, it's really interesting explaining to people that what they've got in their backyard in such a remote place is connected to the rest of Southern Australia through those kelp forests. And the reactions were, were, were really positive and and as a filmmaker and you when you invest quite a lot of energy and time and effort into creating something like this when you do get those sort of like firsthand immediate uh, reactions from people it's super rewarding like I had this old guy who must have been you know in his late 70s or also and he's a triathlete or was it has been a triathlete in his life and he said he would, um, you know, swim in those waters every day and you'd see a lot of stuff. And he's like, 
but this is the first time he said i'm flabbergasted this is a, like you you're really just like shown just how special it is here i've been trying to tell people just all of the beautiful stuff that you see and you know he was just really quite touched by it and yeah then you just had had other people that were super intrigued yeah about the filmmaking process too being able to do something in in a short amount of time and yeah then others that were interested to learn more about the marine park that is proposed for the area and that's where the collaboration with save our marine life comes in and i was joined by monique and talitha from save our marine life and they presented to those communities after my presentation just providing a bit of an update, answering any questions. And it's a useful way to bring people together, people that fish, people that, um, you know, are full on wanting to conserve everything and people that might be somewhat just in the middle or want to learn more. So it's a good forum to be able to do that. And yeah, had some nice Q&A sessions afterwards in the film, there is some messaging about the significance and importance of sanctuary zones. And that is something that can get people a little bit offside when, when they are told that they are unable to fish in specific places that, that they might have done so for a while. So it's just about informing people about how these sanctuary zones, these no-take areas are overall very beneficial for the broader ecosystem if they're done correctly. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR and I'm speaking with Stefan Andrews from the Great Southern Reef Foundation. You'll be able to catch Stefan's short film Reef Reflections online in the coming weeks and we'll be sure to share a link on our Facebook page. We'll be hearing more from Stefan after the break. This is Bumpy with Overdrawn. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR. And saving and sleeping on my own thing. Feels like we mended our time. Cause you're really taking notice on me. Yeah. Pressure on my stability. You're really taking it out on me. Take the 
taking place in Palestine is horrendous. The people of Gaza who have survived ethnic cleansing, three wars and a 16-year siege are now facing the biggest attacks ever mounted against them. This will only stop if governments like ours demand that it stop. Here are some ways that you can keep yourself informed and involved. Listen in to Palestine Remembered every Saturday morning at 9.30am or listen to the podcast. Join the APAN mailing list at apan.org.au for updates, news about actions you can get involved in and where you can donate to provide humanitarian assistance. Listen to other news and current affairs programs on 3CR that also cover Palestine. The oppression of the Palestinian people has been going on for 75 years. It has to stop. You can be part of making that happen by staying informed and active. APAN is a proud supporter of 3CR. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio. And before that, that was Bumpy with Overdrawn. I'm talking with Stefan Andrews from the Great Southern Reef Foundation, who recently travelled to WA to film the reef. He's also been out doing surveys on the reef, which will help scientists keep track of how the reef is changing due to climate change. So also, you've been on the road for quite a while now. Earlier in Jan, you were out on the water. Um, can you tell us a bit about what you were doing there? Yeah, thanks. Straight after Christmas, I jumped on a sailing boat with Graham Edgar in Adelaide, and we sailed all the way down to Tassie. So it was a big trip. We had a bit of a, a timeline because I needed to to get going on this road trip, which had been planned for a while. So... Turns out I ended up getting home the day before leaving. And yeah, we spent about two weeks at sea doing surveys along the way between uh, like along that sort of southeast part of SA. We're in King Island and then north coast of Tassie. So I joined a couple of other scientists too who were doing some surveys 
and I was collecting new imagery from those areas, video footage, and documenting some of the research that was that was being done. So it was um it was a long way to go in a sailing boat because we didn't have the best conditions. So we were sailing just like right through the night, doing shifts on watch, and um, it took yeah quite a few days to get down there. But when you do manage to get into the water, underwater, um, yeah, it just feels great diving in a new spot. It's always exciting, somewhere that you haven't been before. And then, yeah, being able to see, again, some of those familiar species mixed with some of those that were, you know, maybe more from, from Tassie or more from eastern, eastern Australia. But to be honest, like most of them, yeah, even around King Island, it felt more like, SA species, um, apart from the the big bull kelp, which we do have some in SA, but yeah, the, in the shallows there around the bull kelp, that were really felt more Tassie-like. And yeah, that was something that was able to grab some pretty nice fresh imagery of, which I was quite excited about. Mm, any highlights from the dives? Well, yeah, I think one of well, my favourite dives, well, First of all, one highlight was actually closer to home in at the, the Rapid Head Sanctuary Zone. And I had about 30 or 40 yellowtail kingfish, pretty big ones, all just come up and start circling me. And in SA waters, I've seen the occasional one before, but no, not nothing like a school that big. So that was that was pretty cool. Um and then also in SA, out from Cape Jaffa, I really, really enjoyed this dive that we did um, not too far out, out from Cape Jaffa there in, I think it was called Margaret Bock Reef. And it's also a, a crayfish sanctuary zone. And wow, um, the water temperature jump in and it was about 13 degrees Um and you know it's the middle of summer <laughs> and it was quite remarkable really like to feel temperatures that it's basically as cold as it gets in SA in, in winter um in summer there and that's because of the the upwelling that occurs around this time of the year in that region and that brings this like cool nutrient rich water from the deep sea up and the seaweeds around there just absolutely loving it and the seaweeds um the seaweed diversity was astounding there was um even giant kelp there which you don't really see very much in south australia so seeing giant kelp in sa in that cold water in summer was was quite an unusual experience and yeah got some nice imagery on that dive too so yeah i'd say they were they were some highlights for me Previously, when we had you on, um, we were talking about concerns about ocean temperatures this summer. Can you give us a bit of an update about what the oceans are looking like right now? Yeah, sure thing, James. So I've been monitoring this closely over the summer and as expected, we have seen much warmer than, than average conditions across our east coast and particularly just in that northeastern part of Tassie and sort of the the southeastern section of Victoria. And there's been temperatures up to about three degrees above long-term averages sitting there for several weeks now um, throughout a lot of December 
um, and then going into January too. So it's it's concerning, but it's it's basically as expected. It has been predicted for a while, and I guess it could have been it could have been a lot worse. So I guess now we're just going to be keeping a close eye on what those warm conditions has have done to the marine communities along those areas. And I'm going to be touching base with our researchers from the, the Great Southern Reef Research Partnership over the coming weeks to find out how that, that monitoring is going because they've been increasing their monitoring efforts, particularly in those areas with this marine heat wave. So it's going to be interesting to hear about anything unusual. We didn't see anything particularly unusual on, on that reef life survey trip, but we weren't really in the the heavily impacted areas. And I think too, we may not see the real impacts for even for, for, for weeks and perhaps even months after this. So yeah, we'll have to catch up again once we've got a little bit more input from the scientists. And also earlier um, last year, you were, you'd sent a letter to the federal government uh, requesting more investment in monitoring um, so that you can keep track of impacts of things like these heat waves. Have you got a response from the government? That's correct. Yes, we did send a letter to Tanya Plibersek and uh, also Minister Bowen, just trying to um, raise out the scientists' concerns about not only the just the fact that there's this marine heat wave expected and, and predicted but we need a coordinated national um, monitoring to approach to be able to 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 track the track changes and intervene where necessary on that national level and we proposed increase in funding towards such activities uh, because the Great Southern Reef historically receives just a fraction of the funding of the, the Great Barrier Reef and tropical reefs in our country. And so, yeah, it was it was a little bit disappointing how long it took to get a response from, from Minister Plibersek, um, but we, we finally got there and the response outlined a lot of the actions that the Australian government is doing currently towards in essentially like safeguarding our oceans. And these were outlined in the letter, including a, a sustainable oceans plan that we uh, have been engaging with at the Great Southern Reef Foundation. And, and that plan is gonna be a really important one to help provide a framework for this national coordination of ocean issues. So hopefully our perspectives and, and input and perhaps lessons from this marine heat wave can be helped to help be integrated into that sustainable oceans plan. And yeah, we look forward to continuing to have conversations like this with Tanya Plibersek and our politicians to continue to you know help promote the you know, enhanced knowledge and protection of our Great Southern Reef. 
That was Stefan Andrews from the Great Southern Reef Foundation. And that's all for this week. To listen to this show again or any of our previous episodes, head to www.3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue. And you can also follow our Facebook page. We'll be with you again next week. And in the meantime, stay well.